Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. This is Lee Habib, and this is Our American Stories. This next story, well, it's our Rule of Law series, where we tell stories about what happens when the rule of law is present or absent in our lives. And Alex today brings us an unusual story from a guy named Bill Koch, an entrepreneur with 1,300 employees. Here's Bill. You know, what I really like, if you look at a great painting, you could tell the love the artist did in creating it. And to me, that's precious. And that's what creates, in my opinion, great art. You know, is the love for what the artist was doing. And then food, too. 
you know, with an outstanding chef, you could taste that, oh my God, this tastes differently. Because he put a lot of love into it, which means he put a lot of energy and thought and everything else into it. And the same with a bricklayer. You know, if he really loves his work, he takes a little extra care in doing it other than slapping it together. And the same thing with wine. The great wines, you could really taste the love that the vintner had in making it. And so that, to me, is highly offensive when someone is faking it. Bill found out that four bottles that were sold to him as Thomas Jefferson's were fake. And then he found out that more were too. There's a huge code of silence because the faker doesn't want to know that he's faking. The middleman who's selling the wine doesn't really want to know if it's fake. In fact, there was one big auction house that was selling a lot of wine in New York in auctions, and they had to have this retailer deal with them to get through the laws. And uh, the guy who owns the retail shop said, why are you selling a lot of fake wine in this auction? And the head in-house counsel versus the outhouse counsel <laughs> said, authenticity is an opinion. And we're not in the opinion business. We're in the business of making our margin. So just ignore it. And then the guys who buy the fake wine, if they find out it's fake, they want to get rid of it and get their money back. So primarily they either dump it into the auction market or they give it to a charity to auction off or they find some sucker that will buy it. Some of the fake wines I bought were from charity auctions because the guy gave it to him and he got a tax deduction on it and some other <laughs> schmuck got him. Mainly me, <laughs> I got him. <laughs> and so I just said, I'm, I'm out of on a crusade. A legal crusade. To shine a bright light on it. And I also, I guess because well, when I was younger, I was taken advantage of by people when I was naive. And so I said, I just hate being cheated. Hate it. One of the fakers actually offered to give Bill all of his money back. And Bill said, no, we're going to court. That's right. <laughs> well, I ended up in one real long lawsuit, which we won hands down. And then after that, everybody wanted to settle with me. And there was one guy who said, well, I sold you these fake bottles. Would you give them back to me so I could give them back to the guy that sold them to me? And so I said, all right, I will. But then I engraved on the bottles counterfeit and gave it back to him. I haven't heard from him since. <laughs> <laughs> one big faker sent me a fax saying, oh, why are you worried about fake wine? Even Jesus turned water into wine. <laughs> and I was hoping I could get him into a court in the Bible Belt, <laughs> but I couldn't. <laughs> One guy had a huge collection of pre-World War II bottles of Petrus, which is one of the best wines in the world, and oversized bottles. And I bought a bottle of 1921 Petrus in a double magnum. And I opened it up. God, that tasted like the cheapest wine I've ever had. And I looked at it, and there was an article about this wine 
about how it was found and who found it, etc. And it was rated a hundred out of a hundred. That's why I bought this bottle. And what the guy did, the faker, I mean, they were Hardy Runstock, poured in 1957 wine into the bottle and he made a fake label. We even found the place where he bought the bottle and we found where he had the labels printed. And he poured in 57 wine, put in some juice that made it taste old and smell old. I said, what he did was put moose piss in it for me. <laughs> and we took this bottle to uh, Petrus and they said, they never made big bottles pre-1945. And this one guy who had this huge collection of huge bottles called me up and said, are all our bottles fake? And we said, yeah, how do you know? Well, we went to Petrus and they said they never made them. <laughs> and they said, oh my God. And then uh, a month later he called up and said, well, why don't you buy these bottles for me? And I said, why? And he said, well, it's good evidence. I said, well, I don't need to pay you. I'll just subpoena you. <laughs> Unfortunately, Crusades turned out to be long and very expensive. <laughs> Bill has spent $35 million going after the fakers over what was originally a $400,000 wine fraud. And some might say that's a crusade not worth it, spending 87 and a half times the cost. But for Bill Koch, it is. The crusade isn't about the wines. I mean, it's a little bit about the wines, but Bill could have bought new wines for far less. What it's really about to him is the rule of law. And Bill's pursuit of the rule of law ended up exposing an industry of tens of millions of fake wine. I try to say, well, it's bad business to cheat when you get caught. And great job as always by Alex. And thanks to Bill Koch, a rule of law series, because let's face it, sometimes the cops can't get these people, and sometimes, let's face it, uh, no one else can. Sometimes we, the citizens, have to go out and find these fakers. But if we can't bring them to a court of law, if we can't have the rule of law, then we have nothing at all. Bill Koch's story, his crusade against fake wine, and again, and against fake everything, here on Our American Stories. Folks, if you love the great American stories we tell and love America like we do, we're asking you to become a part of the Our American Stories family. If you agree that America is a good and great country, please make a donation. A monthly gift of $17.76 is fast becoming a favorite option for supporters. Go to OurAmericanStories.com now and go to the Donate button and help us keep the great American stories coming. That's OurAmericanStories.com. And we continue here on Our American Stories. And next, we bring you the story of Martin Licious and his company, Tempest Tours, an unconventional Texas-based tour company. Storm chasers, those wild individuals who ride around in search of the weather most people try to avoid. What kind of person does it take to do this? Well, let's find out with Martin Licious. I first became interested in... Uh severe weather growing up in North Texas where we have big storms on a regular basis when I was a kid, probably about four or five years old. Um, 
we would have storms that come through that uh, the lightning would hit so close to our house that our whole house would shake. Also, right down the street from our house was a TV station called WBAP-TV. Harold Taft was the meteorologist on staff, and uh, Harold is actually credited with uh, creating the American weathercast, TV weathercast. Before him, they would simply read the text. They had re read the, uh, the forecast off a piece of paper, and then he, uh, being a, a full-blown meteorologist, decided to use maps to describe to the viewers what was happening. Uh, believe me, we're going to. Um, the computer will paint this on. Kind of fun to watch it, so let's just do that for a second. See? All the color comes on, all the symbols. All right. Still getting a little light uh, freezing drizzle up here in uh, Gage, Oklahoma. And so I'd watch him a lot, and uh, they had this old-fashioned black-and-white radar. And he'd show that quite a bit as well. And uh, I think that was kind of when I really became interested in weather. And then when I was about 12 years old, um, I asked my mom if I could build a weather station on top of, the, uh, of our house. She said, sure, just be careful. And I uh, started plotting storms as they came through uh, on a map. And I entered a science fair and uh, won the competition. I built a 3D model of a supercell thunderstorm. And the winner is... Eventually I got a car and uh, decided that I'd go out and film storms. And then about the same time that I did that, uh, I heard that there was there were these guys called storm chasers and I met some of them. And then from there, that point on, I, I did it quite a bit. Martin eventually founded Tempest Tours, a company that lets you book storm chasing expeditions like cruises. That came about in we started it in 2000. I'd say around 1999, I decided I was going to do it um, because I didn't think that, I didn't say to myself, let's start a storm chasing tour company. I just uh, was receiving a lot of requests from regular normal people uh, to go storm chasing with me and they were usually not able to go because of work. So I thought, what if we created tours and then we put out the schedule a year in advance, people could get off work and actually go. And that's when uh, Tempest Tours was born uh, back around 2000. You know, storm chasing is kind of like fishing. Um, you know, there's a good time of year to go fishing, right? Um, but you go out and you go out several days fishing and some days are good and some days are not good. So it's a lot like that um, on a tour. You know, they're typically run four to 11 days in length. And of course, the longer the tour, the greater chance of seeing good storms, just like if you went on an 11-day fishing trip versus a four-day fishing trip. Um, basically, they get up in the morning. We tell the guests when to meet us. Uh, we stay at motels, of course, and we'll meet in um, the lobby or, or somewhere, and we'll do a little weather briefing and uh, tell them what we, we show the maps and so forth, and we tell them why we're going there, what we can expect that day. Then we all load up, head to that target, uh, wait for storms to develop, and then uh, we, we track the one that we feel has the greatest potential of producing a tornado or just being a really good supercell. And you know sometimes you'll have three or four storms form in your target area, and you have to be very careful 
to put, pick this the right one. And so we kind of sometimes hold back a little bit and wait until the best one, what we think will be the best one to form. And we've been very successful at that. And then we track it and uh, if it's not moving too fast, we're able to stop several times and take pictures of it, including tornadoes and lightning and so forth which you can see uh, at our website. You know, people, a common question that people ask is how close do we get? And I say close enough to take great pictures, but far enough to be safe. So the best way to see how close we get is to go to our website or go to our Facebook page and just see the pictures that we've taken and some of our guests have taken. And you can get a good idea of how close we get. Now, while they're in the van, along the way, there are uh, there's a screen in the van, and so they're watching what the tour director is doing, and they're seeing, you know, the models develop. That's Kim George, Tempest Tours customer relations manager. So he will be explaining those along the way, saying this is what the storm is doing, this is where we need to be, and so he will constantly keep them updated as they are going towards the target. And so they will wait, but when they actually get to visually see the storm you know coming up in the foreground everybody gets very excited so we get um, closer to the storm we track it sometimes you have to wait a little while but most of the time you're going straight towards the storm most storms develop in the afternoon and um, once you are on the storm then uh, depending on how the storm is moving you position and you reposition and you reposition again because storms don't stand still most of the time <laughs> When we're chasing a storm, we follow it till it's end or till you lose the light. And sometimes that'll happen. And if you can't chase it when it's dark, sometimes they do. It depends on the storm. If it's developing tornadoes, sometimes we have, we did this past year, uh, chase a storm even after dark. And they actually saw some nighttime tornadoes, which was um, very good for the group. They thought that was amazing. And the only reason you can see them is because the lightning, when it strikes, you can actually see the tornadoes below the storm. So that's basically a typical day. And then we uh, get lodging nearby and they stay somewhere for the night. And then they also are developing a plan to, you know, begin that all over again the next day. We are not a luxury tour company. <laughs> uh, we have to tell them that honestly, you know, when you're out chasing and anybody who does that would know, uh, you'll be in Podunkies, America somewhere and there's not a lot of options when it comes to places to stay and sometimes there's not a lot of options places to eat and so you do the best you can with the environment that you're in and we are very good about finding places that you can stay but every once in a while you know at Motel 6 it may be the only place that you can stay for the night so you do uh, because the important thing is not the luxury of what we do, it's the chasing itself. And, and our guests do realize that, that you can't always be in, you know, a really swanky hotel. But that's not why you go chase with us. You just need a bed, you need a place to get some rest, and then you can start the next day fresh. On a down day, uh, we will... Uh head towards the next day's target so a down day may be followed by a severe weather potential day so we'll head towards that target and on the way stop at places that are interesting things that 
you know, I've seen since I've been with the company that I never knew existed. There is a place in Kansas that's called uh, Monument Rock, and it's just this sandstone formation in the middle of nowhere. And you go on it, and it's just crazy. Uh, it could be the Badlands in South Dakota, Mount Rushmore, Devil's Tower, Paladero Canyon in the Texas Panhandle, or you might stop at a weather service office and take a tour. So we're always doing something interesting uh, every single day. We know this is our guest uh, vacation time. They want to see something interesting. We try to make it special when we're not on a storm. I mean, they're all coming for the storms. I mean, they don't really care about the other ones if they have a storm to follow. <laughs> so, but yeah, we try to make the times that we're not, you know, in a hard chase for the storm, we try to make those um, times as memorable as we can. And you are listening to Martin Licious and Kim George, and Martin is the founder of Tempest Tours. His story here on Our American Story. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors in our lives, big ones and small ones. If we keep them bottled up, boy, that can be a real problem. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest, to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. I know people who've profoundly benefited from therapy, learning everything from coping skills to setting boundaries in their life. You don't have to have experienced major trauma to benefit from therapy. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's safe. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash OAS today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash OAS. BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash OAS. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. 
Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. And we continue with our American stories. Canada is an independent nation and not a part of the United States, most likely because of smallpox. During the Revolutionary War, the most dangerous place for a Continental Army soldier was not on the battlefield, but rather within an encampment. In fact, fever and infections from smallpox killed more soldiers than any wounds suffered in battle. And because smallpox was common in England, most British soldiers had already been exposed and were immune, but the disease was less common in America and the average continental soldier was not. Here to tell the story is William Federer. He is a nationally known speaker, best-selling author, and president of Amerisearch Inc., a publishing company dedicated to researching America's heritage. Take it away. Smallpox is 10 times more terrible The quote from John Adams is, disease has destroyed 10 men for us where the sword of the enemy has killed one. This was in a letter John Adams wrote to his wife, Abigail, April 13, 1777. During the revolution, soldiers were plagued with typhoid, yellow fever, and smallpox, which an estimated 30% of the soldiers became infected with. So the soldiers were living in tight quarters and so the diseases could spread easily and they didn't always have proper sanitation. So this largely began when the British evacuated Boston. The British had occupied Boston for nine months and when they finally left Boston, they left their infected soldiers behind. So spreading across the continent, smallpox epidemic killed an estimated 145,000 settlers and Indians. Fortunately for General George Washington, he was immune to smallpox. And by this time he's 19, he accompanied his older half-brother Lawrence Washington to the island of Barbados and he gets smallpox. The year is 1751. Washington recovered and he came back to America. His older brother died and George inherited Lawrence's estate and the rest is history. 
but now he's immune to smallpox, and so when the army gets the disease, he can go amongst the army and not be affected. On July 4th, 1775, Washington cautioned against travel around Boston. He said, as there may be danger of introducing smallpox into the army. Now, they didn't know about diseases. It wasn't until the middle 1800s that you had Louis Pasteur and the microscope and discovering viruses and so forth. So they weren't sure how this spread. Even John Adams, when he would write letters to his wife, Abigail, she would insist that he smoke the letters. What's that? Well, they would write the letter and put it in a box and light a little fire underneath of it, and they thought maybe the smoke will kill the virus. On December 15th of 1775, George Washington explained to Joseph Reed, smallpox is in every part of Boston a surety against any attempt of ours to attack. If we escape the smallpox in this camp, it will be miraculous. Every precaution that can be taken to guard against this evil. On December 4th of 1775, Washington informed Congress that the British were sending civilians infected with smallpox out of the city. So Washington said, by recent information, General Howe is going to send out a number of inhabitants. A sailor says that a number of these coming out have been inoculated with the design of spreading smallpox through the camp. So the British, back when they did have Boston for those nine months, the word was that they were intentionally infecting people with the smallpox and intentionally sending them out to George Washington's troops. On January 1st of 1777, British ships sailing under a flag of truce released 400 American prisoners who were suffering from smallpox. They released them at Connecticut's Milford Harbor. So you think, oh great, here's the British, like one of those prison ships and they're gonna let some Americans go. Well, the ones that they let go are infected with smallpox. Within a month, 45 had died along with one of their caregivers. Captain Stephen Stowe. The British officer, Duncan, had suggested, as cited in a book published in 1777, dip arrows in matter of smallpox and twang them at the American rebels. This would disband these stubborn, ignorant, enthusiastic savages. Now, Quebec, Canada, may have been captured by Americans in December of 1775, and Canada then could have become part of the United States had it not been for smallpox. American Captain Hector McNeil told of a congressional committee investigating the failure of the Army's expedition to Canada. He said smallpox was sent out of Quebec by British Governor Guy Carleton inoculating the poor people at government expense for the purpose of giving it to our army. So the situation was General Benedict Arnold. He had been a hero up to this point before he flipped and became a traitor. But Benedict Arnold was leading an American army up to Canada and they could have captured Montreal, they could have captured Quebec, but he reported 
that nearly 1,200 American troops at Montreal, where they were camped, were suffering from smallpox. So out of his 1,200 men, he only had 500 that could fight. So here you have a General Sullivan, he's got militia, they're supposed to go up and join this army, and they're like, oh, we don't know if we wanna join it. You have all these people sick and dying of smallpox. General Gates conceded. As fine an army as has ever marched into Canada has this year been entirely ruined with smallpox. The line of retreat extended nearly 13 miles distance and a great part of them sick with smallpox. John Adams wrote from Philadelphia, June of 1776. Our misfortune in Canada are enough to melt a heart of stone. The smallpox is 10 times more terrible than Britons, Canadians, and Indians together. This was the cause of our precipitate retreat from Quebec. They did develop a method of inoculating where the pox would scab over and they would scrape the scab and get powder from it and then they would blow it up somebody's nose. The threat of smallpox did not lessen until widespread inoculations were called for by Dr. Benjamin Rush. Rush was a member of the Continental Congress where he signed the Declaration of Independence. He is considered the father of American medicine. Dr. Rush personally inoculated Virginia Governor Patrick Henry against smallpox, as well as Pennsylvania's troops, resulting in their low rate of illness. So he was doing a little a section of the troops here, another section of the troops there, and they would get sick for a little while and recover. So Dr. Benjamin Rush began to make this important contribution against this deadly enemy of smallpox. And a great job, as always, by Greg Hengler on that piece. And a special thanks to William Federer. He is a nationally known speaker, best-selling author, and president of Amerisearch, Inc., a publishing company dedicated to researching America's heritage. And so we learn why Canada isn't a part of the United States. The story of smallpox and the Revolutionary War here on Our American Stories. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. 
Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking. When we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. This is Our American Stories, and now it's time for our second part of our three-part conversation with author, entrepreneur, and teacher, Seth Godin. You can find the other parts of our conversation at OurAmericanStories.com, and this second part is about the stories that we tell others. And we start off by talking about Marketing First, which has a bad rap in many circles. Well, marketing has a marketing problem. Selfish, short-term thinking, narcissistic individuals have hyped and hustled their way to manipulating people into giving away money that they shouldn't have. I don't think that's marketing. I think we should call that scamming. Marketing is when someone tells a true story that changes things for the better. That's marketing. So you're doing marketing when you get somebody to enroll in your institution. You're doing marketing when you raise money for charity. You're doing marketing when you get people to take their tuberculosis drugs. You're doing marketing when you get people to quietly get onto the airplane without a lot of fuss and muss. These are all choices we make in how we tell a story to others to help change their behavior. And if you are not proud of what you are marketing, then you need to market something else. It's not okay to say, I'm just doing my job because you are using really powerful tools to change other people. So when folks are busy running misleading things on the Internet, when they're busy pushing people into a corner, whether it's at a check-cashing service or somewhere else, that's not okay. It's not okay that you're getting paid for it, and it's not okay that it's just your job. That when we are doing marketing, we're doing something personal. We are telling another human being a story, and we better be proud of the impact that that story makes. Let's talk about a word you use a lot, and it's empathy. And one doesn't necessarily equate the word empathy 
with the word marketing? Why, why that word empathy and why the word practical in front of it? Empathy, I think, is a moral obligation, but practical empathy is the only way to appropriately market something. So a simple example, uh, you're a comedian, you used to be famous, now you're on the downside of your career and your agent calls you up. Great news, I got you a gig. 300 people bring your best stuff. It's high stakes. So the comedian really brushes up, shows up for the gig, delivers everything beautifully. There isn't one laugh. He's crestfallen. The agent calls him up apologizing. He says, I didn't realize it. It was an Italian tour group. No one in the audience spoke a word of English. So the question is, whose fault is it that the comedian bombed? Well, I don't think it's his fault because no one told him that the audience didn't speak English. The practical empathy comes in when you realize that you are busy telling stories to people who don't understand them. That we have to begin by saying, everyone else doesn't know what I know. They don't necessarily want what I want. They don't believe what I believe. And that's okay. Because if you can't say that's okay, if you have to insist that they are wrong, then you can't go to where they are. And they're not going to come to where you are. But if you can go to where they are, you can now teach them something. You can show up empathic for who they are and where they came from and help them get to where they want to go. And if you don't have practical empathy for the people you are marketing to, you should market to someone else. Indeed. And talk about the word trust. The two core elements of anyone who wants to tell a story are attention and trust. And sometimes they're out of whack. Attention, because if you're telling a story in a locked room and no one can hear you, no one knows there's a story. But attention is insufficient. Because if you're screaming at Twitter, if you are spamming people, if you are going through a loudspeaker, people are going to ignore what you have to say. You can't steal attention for long. And that leads to the second thing, which is trust. Because someone is willing to share their attention with you if they trust that you won't waste it. They are willing to take a look at the back cover of your book if they trust that you're the kind of person that sees them and understands them. Trust means that someone is taking a shortcut and giving us the benefit of the doubt with their time or their money. And too often, hustling marketers forget that trust is the most precious thing they can earn. You spoke about a Gillette ad you heard on a podcast. And they were trying to catch up to Dollar Shave Club. Talk about what they did wrong with that ad. If you work for a big company, a legacy company, a company that has buildings, it's very easy to become nationalistic about the whole thing. That this is the mothership and we must defend it. And so the people in Procter & Gamble see the demise of network television as a threat to them, not an opportunity for everybody else because they built their business on soap operas, that the people at Gillette look at the uppity behavior of Dollar Shave Club and they say, how dare they? Don't they know how hard we worked to earn the privilege of being Gillette? And so when you say to your customer, stop worrying about your face, your life, your family, and start worrying about us because we need you here, the customer will say, no thanks, because the customer doesn't have to come to you. They have the power to decide which story they will hear and what will resonate with them. And what people care about is not email, it's me-mail. They want to be seen. 
They want to be treated with dignity and respect. They want opportunity. They want someone who is trying to tell them a story to have heard them first because you cannot be seen until you learn to see. Let's talk about the word service. Uh, or, and I like to use the word servant heart, but service is a really important word to you. Talk about that word. So you can have a scarcity mindset, which says that everything you're doing in business is taking from someone else. That the goal is to, if not rip people off, at least get more than your fair share. And one of the problems with that is that when good people think about becoming a marketer or a salesperson or a teacher or a leader or anyone who seeks attention and trust, is it makes them uncomfortable. They don't want to take. They don't want, they don't feel like they're entitled to take. Well, what if we flip it on its head? Jonas Salk didn't take anything when he invented the polio vaccine. He gave millions of people hope that if you can view your work as turning on lights and opening doors, then you can be of service. And if you're able to do that, well, then not showing up isn't generous. Not showing up is selfish. Showing up, here, I made this. Showing up, here, this is something I'd like to sing for you. That's a generous act. It's not a taking, it's a giving. And if you can reconfigure your work so that you can honestly say, I am giving something to the people who are trading me their attention, their trust, and their money, and you truly are giving them something, then it's way easier to push yourself to do it even more. Indeed. Talk about the word zero-sum game or the phrase, because you use it a lot and you see it as a mindset that is destructive in many cases. Talk about that. Right. So a zero-sum game is uh, if I have it, you don't have it. If you have it, I don't have it. That if we think about a farm, if everyone in town came to the farm and took an apple off the tree, the farmer would go bankrupt. Apples are a zero-sum game. Ideas, on the other hand, are not. If you're in the idea business and everyone in town comes and takes your idea, your idea is worth more now that people know it, not less. That you're not paying me to be on this show because spreading my ideas to other people, this generous act of spreading them, doesn't cost me very much. In fact, the more people who know my ideas the better I do. So what the internet has done is given everybody this magical tool, and we all have the same version of it. It's a keyboard. It's connected to a billion other people. If you have a generous idea to share, that is not a zero-sum game. That's a network effect. And the network effect says that the more people who use it, the more it's worth. I guarantee you the first fax machine was not worth as much as the millionth fax machine. Because the first fax machine could send a fax to no one. Because if you send it to yourself, you get a busy signal. Whereas the millionth fax machine could send a fax to 999,000 other people. So the more we are able to generously share our ideas, the less the zero-sum game kicks in. Let's talk about the word humility, Seth. You use it a lot as well. Well, you know, usually when we say the word humble... We're talking about somebody who's not humble. And I think ego is really important. Ego drives us to do this generous work. Not egomania, but the ego of believing 
we have something to contribute. But once we have something to contribute, it is easier and more effective to contribute it with humility. That's practical empathy. To say to somebody, you know, this might not be for you, but here's what I made. That is totally different than saying, I'm the smartest person in the world. You have to do this. And humility opens the door for enrollment. It gives people a chance to decide to step forward. And when people are enrolled, then we can lead. Seth Godin's story, here on Our American Story. Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.